Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello, spiritual trailblazers. I am so excited to talk to you about this topic, and I have a special guest to help me, guys. You know, I just love bringing in experts because it's always good to talk to someone about this, especially this topic. So, you know, we're talking about money talk with money relationship expert Joyce Blue. Love it. So, Money relationship expert and self-empowerment coach Joyce Blue has studied under world-renowned mindset expert John Azareff since 2015. She is a certified life and rapid results coach. Joyce is passionate about empowering hardworking women to master their relationship with money so all of their relationships thrive. They step into their power and fall in love with their lives. With her client-centered coaching process, Joyce helps women break free of self-esteem issues and take consistent action to become financially fit, emotionally secure, and more confident so they can live the lives that they love, even if they have been struggling for years. Joyce is the forthcoming author of Reasons You Failed at Debt Recovery Before, Due to be released in winter 2018, guys, she has been featured on Let's Do Influencing, Triumph and Tierras, and Business Blast Podcast, Real Raw and Relevant TV, and featured in Focus on Fabulous Magazine, Uncube, and Thrive Global. You can connect with her and empowering you, Life Enhancement Coach, on Instagram and Facebook. And I will post a link to that in the description for this episode. It's Empowering You, L-E-C, L-E-C, Empowering You. So, Joyce, welcome. Thank you, Tia. It's great to be here. I am so thrilled to have you here because money is such a sensitive topic and I'm trying to think of another topic that's so sensitive but it's it's just one of those things that can easily make someone uncomfortable yes um you know two things everybody wants more of is love and money and mm. money is usually not one thing anybody wants to talk about <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely even if they are financially stable and then is another mindset. I know we're going to get into a lot of mindsets. Uh, if I talk too much about money, will someone ask me for my money? <laughs> and I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> right. I had a client that called me the other day, and um, she was so funny. She's like, you're the only one I can tell about this because everybody else is going to want something from me if they know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> It's true. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to start right off the bat. What got you into the money mindset? Okay. So when I was born, uh, my dad owned a comfortably successful upholstery shop, his own business. And so from the time I was little, he always taught us that our word was our bond 
and our credit score was just as important. And so I grew up around the whole um, healthy money mindset from my father, but it was really a very polarized household because if you went to my mother for anything, she would tell you that we couldn't afford it. And if you went to my dad, he was always able to make things work out. Um, as I grew up, I was one of these kids that if you told me I could not do something, that was exactly the thing that I was going to go and do. So um, I, you know, of course, opened a bank account really early and did all sorts of little odd things to um, earn money. And um, when I was 20, I met this guy who, you know, when you're young, you don't always ask the right questions, right? <laughs> I had grown up in a very financially healthy household, so I didn't think to say, why do you live in somebody else's garage? Why don't you live at home? Do you have your own bank account? How do you feel about paying your bills? You know, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, very shortly into that marriage, I realized I had made a huge mistake. Um, I had put him on my bank account. Money was flying out of there like water running out of the tap. Um, found out many things after the fact, one of which was he had started doing recreational drugs and became physically abusive. Um, that didn't last long after that whole thing started. And so I picked up the pieces and started all over again. My bank account was dry. My car had been, when we purchased it, it was um, in both of our names and had been refinanced into his name because he wanted to have control over it. So basically I kind of started from scratch and just, you know, I knew what to do. I had done it before and, started taking those principles I learned early and put them back into use and kind of tweaked them and refined them. And then people that were close to me was like, how in the world did you get out of all this debt and your car's paid off and you know, all this stuff. And so I started teaching a few people how to do it and kind of tweak things over the years. And then when I found the whole mindset piece, it was a real aha to me as to why I could teach some people to get out of debt and they would stay out and others would get out of debt and then right back in again. Mm -hmm. So that was really the icing of the cake for now. I can take all of those mindset things that I've learned and apply them to the other things that I've been utilizing throughout my life and really help empower people to not just get out, but stay out of debt. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into all of this. That is truly amazing. And I, I actually have a story that I want to tell because you just triggered a memory. Okay. Before I do that, a question came to mind. And, and I want to give you kudos, too, because you didn't let that event keep you in a rut that would that lasted you know 10 20 30 whatever amount of years you, you were just like all right you know what I realized I made a mistake I have to fix it and and it just sounded like you were just boom 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 just trailblazing along I know 
that people become judgmental of money and money is the root of all evil, you know, or I should, should have been more this, more that. So my question is, because I I know you said that you want back to your principles or what you were taught early on, but how, how did you train your mind? What, What did that look like? What were some of your, your internal thoughts? Did you look in the mirror and have a conversation with yourself? Did you write it down in a book? Like, okay, by the end of the month, a thousand dollars is going here. What, what, what exactly did that look like? Um, well, in the beginning, after I left, it was exactly that. Taking all the debt that had accrued that I was attached to and writing it all down and working myself to get it paid off because I knew I was not going to get any support from the other side. And it was actually just today um, quoted in a piece that Op Loans put out on uh, recovering from debt and the best way to do that. And there's lots of different schools of thought. And um, I was pretty excited because I was quoted of the article. Half the article was, what I had given them. So (laughs) very nice. Anyway. um, So yeah, there's, you know, two basic ways to do it. And there's a lot of information out there. There's the snowball and the avalanche. So um, one is paying off the smallest debts first. And the other one is paying off the largest interest rate debts first. And there's good debt and bad debt and all of that kind of stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of moving pieces within debt recovery. Mm-hmm. But as you and I both know, your mindset is 80% of your success in anything you do. Mm-hmm. So you really have to get that piece right first or you'll just be right back into debt again after you've put in all that hard work to dig yourself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, to gather information, definitely focus on mindset. And I'll tell you the story. So, uh, my both my grandmother and my mom told me this story. So, when my grandmother got a divorce from her first husband, so the pop pop who I talk about with my friends, this is not that that guy. So, <laughs> my actual grandfather, um, the the father of my mom and my uncles, him. When after they got a divorce, before she met the papa who I talk about all the time, she had dated a guy who uh, they so they ended up opening a joint account. And it's funny because, like you, she was saving her money. You know, she had the kids, moved out the house, and so when she had the boyfriend, he ended up spending all the money, uh-huh. and they had to restart, had to hit the reset button all over again. And for those reasons, my grandmother would tell me things like, there's nothing like your own. Always have multiple accounts, you know, you know, things like that over the years. And it took me a while to get comfortable with money because, and I know we're going to talk about this a little later because I, did, I looked at money as, oh my gosh, I better have it as close to me as possible <laughs> And don't do anything with it because God forbid if something happens, even though I never shared a bank account with the guy, it's just the thought was there. <laughs> like, what if something happened and it gets all drained and I got to hit the reset button? So that was something that uh, with your story was what triggered 
that memory of my mom and grandmother's explaining different ways to handle money, which is good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the one good thing that she did tell you, which is one of the places that I start with people, if they don't have multiple accounts, you should definitely have multiple accounts. Mm -hmm. That's a very good way to manage your money. And to, especially for someone who is trying to get out of debt, it's important for them to take all the money that has to go to bills and it goes into an account and you cut up that debit card mm -hmm. or, you know, put it in a lockbox or a safe deposit box or whatever. And you don't get in and out of that account. Money goes in, money goes out through bill pay or whatever. And, you know, you have a separate account that is your, you know, slush fund or discretionary spending or whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. It's only important that you have it, right? Right, right. So, yeah, no, that was excellent advice that she gave you on that front. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So before we began this episode, you mentioned to think of money as a spouse. Can you talk a little bit more about what you mean to, to treat your money like a spouse? Sure. So money is kind of like air. And when we don't have enough of it, that's all we think about. And we're not usually thinking about it um, when we're in that position um, in a healthy or um, positive way, right? We have all this angst of, I don't have enough. Um, I'm always running out. Uh, I only have $5 left and all the other negative icky feelings that come with the lack. Mm -hmm. And as we know, what we focus on expands. Mm -hmm. So if we're focused on all the lack, what are we going to get? We're going to get more lack, right? So if you think about maybe growing up or even now, if you're single, um, you see that person that you want to date or, you know, in my case, it would be the guy that I really want to go out with or whatever, or your dog, even what happens when you chase your dog? It runs away. right? Yes. <laughs> I have witnessed that happen before. Yeah, and if you <laughs> chase the guy yeah. or you chase the whatever, it runs the other direction. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there chasing money, you're always going to be in that lack mentality and it's going to run away from you. So you need to shift that perspective about what you have and show gratitude towards what you have. Mm -hmm. And I tell people it's really weird and woo. And I used to think when I first heard this concept that this person was insane because <laughs> I had not been open-minded or had a lot of um, experience in my life as far as energy and the energy of things. And so we need to really look at our money as a relationship, like our spouse or like our boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, significant other, whatever it is for you. 
And if that person comes home in the evening and you dump on it, it's not going to want to talk to you or be around you, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's going to want to find reasons not to come home or to work late, whatever. So our money, we need to be grateful, like I said, for what we have. So instead of I don't have enough or I only have $5 left, we want to be, heck yeah, I have five bucks left. I'm so grateful for that $5. I'm so grateful I was able to pay these bills this month. You don't focus. Yes, you want to take care of those other things, right? But you don't focus on the lack. So we really need to shift where our energy is going. And if we, you know, are short $10 that month, we don't want to focus on the shortage. We want to focus on all of what we were able to take care of and that next month will be better. We'll be able to, you know, make everything next month. So always stay focused on the pause where that positive outcome that you want. Yeah, that's pretty cool because you're, you're so right. What we focus on tends to magnify. And I, I think we can even think about it in a way of when we get dressed up and say there's just something about how we look we don't like. You know, like, oh, you know, I gained five extra pounds. I don't look the way I used to in this dress. And someone else can say, you look gorgeous. And you just think, right. mm, I can see the extra pounds. Like, no, actually, you look pretty nice. But you're so focused on that one part out of the whole equation that you can't see that, you know what? Yeah, I was able to pay my bills this month. I may not have as much money that I would like to have in my bank account, but at least I'm good for another month in this apartment. That's right. <laughs> you know, or, or the bills are paid for another month. So yeah, that's really important. That that one simple mind shift. Right. Yeah. It really, and as you do it at first, it's just like anything that we do at first that's new. Our brain is going to tell us that it's not going to work and that it's stupid and that it's a waste of time, right? And your brain does that because you are wired, first off, to be negative, And second of all, the main purpose of your self-conscious is to keep you comfortable. And though you might not be comfortable in your financial situation, if you go to try to change it, that's what you're used to. And your subconscious is going to give you five ways to Sunday (laughs) (laughs) to try to get you to fall back into your old habits. Mm, very true don't don't do that don't go over there no <laughs> exactly that's right that's so, right and in, in your bio it's mentioned uh emotional secure how can someone be emotionally secure I, I know you said yeah shift the perception the mindset there but until we reach that i don't know 21 days where finally our mind's like yeah thank god we have the five dollars How can someone be emotionally secure? So emotional security also has to do with that negative self-talk that goes on in your head. Mm -hmm. So like you talked about, 
um, the, you know, you gained extra, an extra five pounds, but somebody tells you that you look great in the dress, right? And you try to blow off or, or reflect or deflect that compliment. So um, that's where self-empowerment comes in as well. Um, I tell people that you really need to watch what you say, not, not just your thoughts that come that you think, but also the words that come out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. So when somebody pays you that compliment, don't, you know, take your hand. I watch people, they either take their hand and they try to brush it away or they kind of take either their right or left shoulder, depending on their dominant side of their body. And they'll kind of like deflect their shoulder. They move it back in a way to mm -hmm. the, so the compliment kind of like, brushes past beyond them, mm -hmm. just take that. Just take it and receive it. And in the beginning, I'll tell women or even men, you know, it empowerment's not just for women, though those are my main clients are women. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, men a lot of times deal with empowerment issues and, and negative self-talk and trying to be the breadwinner and the man, right? Right. So right. I tell people just take it and when somebody pays you a compliment, just put your hand to your heart and say thank you. It's not being conceited. You're not being stuck up. If someone tries to give you a gift at Christmas time and you don't take it, how do you feel as the giver? Right? Right. Mm -hmm. You're kind of hurt. So when somebody pays you a sincere compliment, and usually you can very easily tell if a compliment is sincere or not. Just accept that and thank it. And that's a great place for people to start to be able to receive because money is also something that we need to be able to receive, mm -hmm. right? It's all about receiving. And yes, we don't want to hoard it all in our bank account. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I just knew like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to keep this money here. And right. then I just thought one day, I was talking to my best friend about it, and she just goes, <laughs> really, just, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm preparing for something that never happened. <laughs> right. For that rainy day that never happened. Because, yeah, right, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes. That's exactly why we have to be conscious of your thoughts. And yeah. you know what? It's, I, and it's, it, it's, it's a shame because I want to say, I wish I can count on my hands, the amount of time or my hand, the amount of time I have seen, especially like you said, a woman, uh, just take a comp or, or being able to accept the compliment without, oh, you know, and, and brush yeah. it off and do the hand. I'm doing a hand wave as if you can see me, but. <laughs> Yeah, but they're not joking. They're like you said, they're brushing it off. I know sometimes I would say something like, Oh, this whole thing I only wear it when I don't care, but that's a line from It's a Wonderful Life when <laughs> all the guys like the I forget her name. She goes, This whole thing I only wear it when I don't care how I look. But some of my friends are not gonna get that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just I'm you know, I'm developing a banter there, but yeah, it is unfortunate that some people feel like they can't take a compliment because they may be preceded conceited. So I'm hoping that, and I'm hoping I know that this 
episode will put people on a path towards accepting compliments. And hey, even if they had to listen to this once a day for 21 days and they're going to get tired of our voices. Okay. <laughs> now, Let's... and also, I got to tell you, I hate to debunk the 21 day thing, uh-huh. but that was um, proliferated back in the 50s is where that started. Ah, okay. um, a plastic surgeon that recognized that his patients took 21 days to recognize, start recognizing themselves in the mirror. Mm. So I would just want all your listeners to know if it doesn't sink in in 21 days, don't despair and start with the negative self-talk again, because it can take up to a year to form a new habit. Mm. But the average is usually about a hundred days. Yeah, that's good to know. That's really good to know. And also because everyone's different. That's right. Some people, it just clicks for them. They hear this and go, you know what? Yeah, I need to be more conscious of my thoughts. And then they can catch themselves in the act. That's right. Other people, it's a more slower process. It doesn't mean that one person is is this great, spectacular human being. They just caught on a little bit faster. That's all. That's right. Our first step to changing anything in our lives is awareness. And once we become aware of a new way of thinking or a new way of doing things or that even something needs to change, then we need a little time to process and to accept the fact that because of our awareness, we now know we need to change something. And then the third step is taking action. You know, it's the one thing that um, the secret left out, right, was the whole action piece. Yes. You can't just (laughs) sit around on the couch and expect stuff to fall into your lap, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh. So, yeah. So awareness, acceptance, and then taking those two things and putting them into action so that we can have that transformation and change in our life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So just take it all in stride guys. That's right. You know, and no matter how good you get at, at any of this stuff, right? There's even still days where I'll catch myself, but now I catch myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Those little thoughts will pop in periodically and I'll go, up, oh, okay. And I talk about this in my book. I say, thanks for your input, but this is really where I'm going or this is what I'm doing or this has been my reality now for a while. Mm-hmm. And in my book, I talk about how, you know, um, it. people say, I used to, <laughs> my mom used to tell me don't talk to yourself people think you're crazy right (laughs) but if you get in the mirror and and lots of people talk about this t harv talks about it john talks about it um peggy mccall who's a a author with many international best-selling books talks about this get with yourself in front of the mirror and just say hey this is what I'm doing now and you need to get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I talk to myself all the time, but my friends already call me crazy and my yeah. mom. So <laughs> we're beyond that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, that was back in the day, too, where if you said the, even said the word meditation to somebody, they would, you know, look at you like you were insane. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I have uh, in my bathroom, the medicine cabinet has three mirrors, and they come out on either side. So I have a front face mirror, a mirror on the right side, and a mirror on the left side. So I call it the trifecta of Tia, and I have some serious conversations. But I'm going to say, I'm going to use what you just said, like, get on board. This is what, you know, this is what's going down (laughs) from here on out. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, and some people that I work with that have really been, and especially if you've been in any kind of physically or mentally abusive relationship, if you're there for any length of time, it becomes disempowering really quickly. Mm-hmm. And you begin to get into the mindset of, you know, somehow that you deserved what it is that you're getting. And um, if anybody's out there in that situation, I will tell you, you do not deserve what it is that you are receiving and to, you know, reach out to those around you. Um, I found out after, and she didn't even tell me the night I came home and told her what was going on. But I found out later that my mom, um, I knew she had not had a great childhood and she got married young, but she had actually been married once prior to my father. Um, She got married just to get out of the house and it was a very physically abusive relationship as well. And I think if I had known that, um, I would have been gone to my parents way sooner than I did. And so another thing I tell people is, number one, don't keep secrets from your kids because they're not serving anybody, especially your kids. Because, you know, a lot of times as kids, we grow up and we think our parents are perfect, right? Or we might see him make a mistake, but we really don't process it as the Mm -hmm. fact that when we're young, that that was a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. We have this um, rose-colored glasses. If we've had enough, if you've not had a great childhood, then obviously you're not growing up with that opinion of your parents. (laughs) You have something different. But a lot of times I'll tell people, just write on a slip of paper and stick it on the mirror, I am enough. And then once you get there, we can get you beyond that. But a lot of people don't even think that they're good enough to have money. They have a lot of um, disempowering or limiting beliefs about money. And um, as I mentioned, I do have a free gift for everyone. We'll talk about that. But, yes, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a really, those things that go on in our head that we may not even be aware of that have to do with money um, that, you know, when I first heard the word limiting beliefs, I didn't think I had any. I was like, oh, I'm good, you know. But if, yes. you, mm-hmm. if we're breathing, we have them no matter who we are. Yes, yes. We're just unaware of it a lot of times. That's right. And we truly are like onions. So we can peel back a few layers and then we may hit another block and, and have more layers to go beyond oh gosh, that. We're never true. done. That's why it's so important to be a lifelong learner. Absolutely. With, with whatever it is, yeah, that we're doing. So, yeah, I, I was just saying on a previous episode about my own self improvement. And here, I, I want to say the actual conscious portion of my self improvement began in 2014. So, 2010 is when I started my business. I came out of that two year healing journey after the death of my grandparents. But 2014 is when I really started making the conscious decision of 
switching from wearing thick glasses to contacts to show myself more. That that was one of the reasons why I was wearing the glasses. They were stylish, but also I felt like I can be on the sidelines sometimes and people won't disturb me. And then it's just a slow process to the point where I pay for braces. I got my teeth fixed. I got my hernia taken care of. So I'm telling you, universe, I'm not accepting discomfort even in, in the slightest bit. So, but now we're at 2018 and that was, you know, I started off in 2014 and each year was something different. And now I'm really focusing on money mindset. And I thought about this last night, which is why I'm so glad we are having this episode. <clears throat> it just came to my mind. It just, it, it was clear as day. It was just, now we can focus on money mindset. I mean, th- that was the sentence that just came to mind. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could not have focused on money mindset the way I wanted to back then because I had to step into my own power. Like you were saying, you deserve this. You can do it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot of layers, but don't let that be the, the factor to stop you. And, and another thing that came to mind when you were talking is that you can manage your own money. One thing I I, uh, I hear from time to time is, I don't even know where to begin. I know some of these terms can be very overwhelming, accruing, debit, credit, uh, whatever the case may be. You know, I took finance in college, so I used to look at uh, bank or, or um, financial statements, and I loved it. But it's a lot of acronyms and <laughs> words like, okay, what the heck? We don't have to be on that level. Debit, credit, you know, just focus on small things. And, and you can even use a phrase that I implemented in my life and I wrote about this in my book is the if then statement mm-hmm. if I can do this then I can do that if I can speak in front of five people then I can speak in front of 20 people so someone can say if I can save ten dollars I can save twenty dollars you know just let that build up That's and right. you'll be surprised yeah oh definitely yeah we everyone has to start somewhere and if we ask, you know, I, we talked about our brain and you and I before we started, but, you know, it's you have to ask it empowering questions. So you don't want to tell yourself, I can't afford this, because if you say that, as soon as that comes out of your mouth or you even think it, your brain is going to go into that file cabinet and yank out the 150 reasons why you can't afford whatever it is. But if it's something that's going to benefit you and, you know, even like a book on debt recovery, let's say, it's not, I can't afford this. You want to ask yourself, how can I afford this? Mm -hmm. And then it gives your brain a chance to be resourceful. It's like, okay, the book is, $15. I have, you know, this thing sitting in my garage that I haven't used in five years. Mm -hmm. It's worth $50. Mm -hmm. I can sell that. You know, Mm. Um, I can work an hour of overtime. And I tell a lot of people, it's, you know, sometimes I get people who come to me and they're just at their wits end. And it hurts my heart because it, 
I, you know, I mean, that's when the universe connected us and that's obviously where they needed to be before they came to me, mm-hmm. but I could have helped them so much sooner. And a lot of times it's not necessarily that people need to get a second job or even work more hours. They just need to be more efficient with what it is that they have. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different, you know, tips and tricks and tracking if if you've got I had one client that had was making really good money and his apartment really wasn't that expensive he could afford it with all the other things that he had to pay but he was always running out of money and he could never figure it out where it all went so then we had to begin from the very beginning which is starting to track things right we had him split into two accounts in the beginning. Eventually he wound up with an additional savings and, you know, other things to help him. Um, He wanted to start saving for a home and investing. And so, you know, we put those into different little pools, but in the beginning it was two, you know, his discretionary spending and his bills and taught him, you know, tips and tricks and different things, got his mindset turned around. And within a year, he had all of his debt paid off and was banking buck for a house. And, you know, it's like, you just, I feel like so proud of my students, you know, when they did it and being able to see them have those light bulb moments. It's just awesome when you can help people even with free tools like this free tool that we're going to offer to your listeners um i was in a facebook group and just offered it to this gal that was you know she was just talking about all these negative things about her finances and i said you know why don't you go download this and we had the conversation about how debt becomes a comfortable situation for people Mm -hmm. It, it paid you know, make their monthly payment every month and that's all they know. And that's where they're might, you know, have vision of becoming financially free, but have no idea where to start and how to do it. And it's just, that's what they're used to. So that's comfortable for them. And by the end of the day, she had emailed me like her plan all her numbers <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and just was hit the ground running with this thing. And just, so some people get it and, you know, within a few hours they're good to go and they're off and running and other people, it takes a while. And I tell those people they're it's perfectly normal. Cause like we talked about, sometimes it can take a hundred days or even a year. Right. Mm-hmm. To get things turned around. It just depends on how ingrained it is in you and how uncomfortable you are with your comfortableness mm-hmm. with your finances or anything yeah. really for that matter. Right. Yes, that's so powerful. You know, I never thought about people being comfortable in debt. You're right because then you have other people who say things like, I can't afford it. Who affords that? I, oh, you know, oh man. See, you you are bringing back a lot of memories. <laughs> One day I was on a bus, and and just how you were saying how your heart just dropped and you felt for that person. I was on a bus. I was going to get off, and this one lady, 
I remember because she was loud. It was too early in the morning. And she was saying, yeah, my son got a job and he got his own apartment. And he called me and saying, man, all my money went to bills. And then she goes, well, that's what life's about, paying bills. And I thought to myself, why would you tell your son that? That is such a damaging statement. Yeah. I, I love to travel. I much rather have experiences, you know, things like that. I'd rather not have cable. And I love watching some things like Game of Thrones and I have to wait. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if if it was one of those things where I were to reevaluate some things, some some expenses, which I do periodically, you know, okay. And and I would much rather tell and I will be doing this when I have children is make sure you have life experiences make sure that you are checking up on your finances but I would never tell them something like you live to pay bills yeah yeah that's definitely disempowering but obviously that's how she had been raised Mm -hmm. that's how she was then raising right Um, again we don't know what we don't know until it becomes part of our awareness Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, that's just how they live, right? You get an apartment, you have that payment. You get a car, you have that payment. You need a cell phone, you have that payment. And there are some things that we can't get out from under, like, you know, unless you own a cell phone company, you're going to have a cell phone bill every month, yes. right? But you can still go pay cash, get yourself to the point where you can go pay cash for that phone So you're not dragging around that as part of your cell phone plan. Mm -hmm. Um, You could, you can do, you know, plans where you can plop down a bunch of money every six months and then, you know, ride on that for however long. So, you know, there are tweaks and things that you can do, but you really want to get to the point where you don't have that car payment. You don't have the mortgage payment. You don't have all the credit card debt, all those things that are just killing you in interest every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now your credit card statement, when it comes, um, comes with a, a little thing that'll say on it, um, you know, if you only paid the minimum payment, this is how mm-hmm. long it would take you to pay it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you used to only get those with mortgages. It's called a truth in lending statement. But so many people were only making those minimum payments and then trying to figure out why they could never get ahead. Well, that's because when you make the minimum payment, most of your payments going towards the interest that they're charging. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And Um, I talked in a parent group the other day, and one of the things that I told them, which I'll share with your listeners, is when my dad told me that your word is your bond and your credit score is just as important, he wasn't joking because a credit score of 760 or higher is like having an extra $100,000 worth of buying power. Wow. I didn't so know that. you go to a car lot or wherever. Um, like I just helped my daughter co-signed with for her on her car loan. Um, she couldn't believe the, how much different her payment was when I went to co-sign for her because I have such great credit. 
mm-hmm. um, she it opened a world of other financial options to her as far as banks that would lend in lower interest rates that she got. And um, so she was like, wow, you know, I mean, I know you've always told me this, but it was really eye opening for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, you know, clients that tell me the same thing, but that was just a really powerful lesson for her. So it's important that we're able to empower our children as well so that they don't grow up with some of the things that we may have grown up with that we've had to dig ourselves out of. Right, exactly. And that's actually leading to the last question I was going to ask you because, uh, we were talking mostly about adults and helping them get out of whatever stage they're at. But I'm also thinking about the teenagers and those who are able to at least work and, and those who are in college. Mm -hmm. If you were a teacher or professor, what, what are three things you would tell the young adults about money and and even credit to some extent? Right. Um, That's an excellent question. And, um, One of the things that is very important for youth to do when they're out of high school and in college, if they're working part-time or whatever, is to get, and I know some people may disagree with me on this, but I have data to back this up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, have them get a card, a credit card. Mm. Now, a lot of the youth that I know that have done this, um, it's a multi-step process. So um, I'll give you two different examples. I have one that did not want anything to do with any credit and was able to function in his world with just his debit card until he was about 23 seven years old then he went to buy a car Mm. and many times having no credit is worse than having bad credit Mm. because they look at you and go okay you're 27 you have no credit so what's wrong Mm. right lenders don't look at you in, in the eyes of oh you're 27 and have never had a loan. That's awesome. Right. And paying cash for things, right? Which is really how they should look at it, but they right. don't. So the other side of that spectrum, of course, is the kids that have gotten cards. They usually come with the $2,500 or a $3,500 credit limit and have charged them up and then gotten themselves into trouble in that respect. So I tell kids to take the middle of the road, get the card, whatever the limit is. Let's say that, you know, you're working part time and you can afford, um, you know, a hundred dollar a month extra payment at this point. Get it, call them, lower the credit limit. Mm charge something in a small amount, like let's say $250. And even though you can pay it off in two and a half months, 
you want to let that sit on there for six months. And the reason is that they, what they're looking for is that you can make consistent on time payments on a card for six months. Oh my goodness. You just blew my mind. <laughs> no, I am actually a little mad right now because I was paying off my credit cards at the end of the month, because I have one that, uh, because I get the points back, I say, okay, you know what, I'm going to use this for lunch. Right. And I had another one that I was using for some marketing on Facebook, and I would pay it off. Yeah. But, I, but then I, I received, like, a note from Credit Karma, and it, it just, it, it just, it adversely affected, because these are new credit cards. And right. I had one, one credit card, and mm-hmm. I was told that my debt's too light, so I went and got two cars. Yeah, and that backfired. Yeah. So let it sit on there (laughs) for six months and then you can pay it off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And here I, and I thought, well, one, so you just debunked a few things. One, I thought that I, I, so I was that guy. Right. And I was told that my credit was too light. Then, like I said, recently I just got these two cards, and I'm in my 30s. I'll be 33 next month, well, a couple of weeks. So <laughs> I was told my my credit was too light, and and now here we are. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, you're supposed to pay that at the end of the month. Wow. Right. Yeah. Now after the six months, definitely use them, charge them, pay them off, because then you're getting the points, which is super smart. I even do that. I charge stuff because I get the points, right? And at the end of the year, I use those points to buy Christmas presents Mm -hmm. and all sorts of Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But you're paying it off so you're not using, you know, paying all that interest on your interest rate. Um, So, yeah, whenever you get a new card, don't pay it off right away. Charge something small on it and let it sit on there for six months and pay it off. Your credit score is um, 38% of how you make payments. So if you're charging things but you're paying it off, you're not building any history, really. Mm. So they want to see that. They also want to see diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if you've had a car loan or if you've had a student loan, or if you have credit cards um, and that you're making your payments on time. Wow. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. And and yeah, so now, yeah. Well, let's hop over to your free gift. (laughs) Okay. I am a little upset right now because I thought I was doing everything. I'm going to have to unwind. It'll just take me another six months, right? It's going to take me a minimum of 21 days, max of a year to get over that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you have a free gift. Don't follow in the suffering, Tia. Yeah. You're you're aware. So now you can (laughs) accept it and take action. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So you have a really cool free gift for everyone. Yeah, so what I did is I took 23 limiting beliefs about money. 
um, I can't afford it, money's evil, just a whole, like a, the 23 most common ones that I hear. And I reframed each of those twice because we all learn differently, right? And I put a little um, instruction in there on how to use that. And once your listeners learn how to use that guide with the reframes around money, then they'll be able to reframe any limiting beliefs that they have. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too tall. I'm too short. You know, I'm not blonde. I'm not this or I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they can find that at moremoneymethod.com. Awesome. And we'll put that in a description. I love that. Yes. Because we do have yet to consistently debunk things like that. Because as you were saying earlier in the show, those talks come up because our brain is wired to protect us. So it's not like it's going to completely go away. So right. yeah, we can stay on top of it. And even with this free gift, you know, hey, print it, print it up, make some uh, note cards, you know, something to keep you on on track with your mind to uh, to train it. That's right. That, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, yes, it. I encourage them to go and get that. If they have any questions, my email is attached to that as well. And um, love to hear from them. Love to connect with them on Facebook or Instagram. I'm big on Instagram. So, yes, tag tag Joyce on Instagram. Yeah, thank you for helping me debunk a few things. That's that's amazing and and shift perspective. That's yes, what you're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> well, Joyce, thank you so much for being on the show. Any th- final thoughts? Um, just to remember that when that stuff comes up, that it's perfectly normal. So many people, um, even it may not come up right away, right? You're, you may have, you may listen to this podcast and go get that free gift and feel really empowered and work with it for a few days and then it might start. So no matter if it's right away or it takes a little while, just know that if it happens, that that negative voice in your head is perfectly normal and to just let it know this is your new reality and you're sticking to it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Be nice to yourself. Many blessings and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.